Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. He's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. All right, so I have insomnia, but I've never slept better. And what's changed? Just a pillow. It's had such a positive impact on my life. And, of course, I'm talking about my pillow. I fall asleep faster, I stay asleep longer, and now you can too. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-919-6090. Use the promo code Hannity, and Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has the special four-pack. Now, you get 40% off two MyPillow premiums and two go-anywhere pillows. Now, MyPillow is made here in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com right now or call 800-919-6090, promo code Hannity, to get Mike Lindell's special four-pack offer. You get two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows for 40% off, and that means once those pillows arrive, you start getting the kind of peaceful and restful and comfortable and deep healing and recuperative sleep that you've been craving and you certainly deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity. You will love this pillow. All right, glad you're with us, Sean Hannity Show. Write down our toll-free telephone number. Again, we are in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. It is 800-941-SEAN. If you want to join us, you want to be a part of the extravaganza, let me start here, and I want to play for you because we've got to get to the heart and soul of how is I have in my entire lifetime, I have never heard such insane conspiracy theories that have been advanced now almost 11 straight months, more anger, more hostility, more open threats of violence against any one individual or any one party than we have seen since the election of President Donald J. Trump as our 45th president. There have, according to analytics, 
over 12,000 tweets calling for the president's assassination. We have watched his own daughter be made fun of on national TV and talk of incest jokes. We have watched, uh, sadly, an 11-year-old son of the president has had to see an ISIS posed by a so-called comedian of a bloodied, severed head of our president. Night after night, taxpayer dollars funding Shakespeare in the Park and a Trump lookalike getting killed each and every night. There has been more hatred, downright calls for violence, and intensity and anger and unhinged, uh, unhinged psychology, psychosis, if you will, that has broken out among the left in this country and especially among the news media. We have entire news networks that are now dedicated themselves to false lying reports, provably false, black helicopter conspiracy theories, and, of course, tinfoil hat conspiracy theories. You know, once respected news organizations, what would Tim Russert think? Like NBC, night after night, thousands of hours, 11 months almost straight, they continue. They're vitriol. They're lying. They're misinformation. They're propaganda. I always thought it was bad during election seasons. Every election season, same exact thing. Republicans are racist. Republicans are sexist. Republicans are misogynist. Republicans, you know, they want to throw grandma over the cliff and kill her. Republicans, Obama said, want dirty air and their water and dirty water. That's their plan. Sure, that's how I wake up every day. I'm thinking, how can I poison my children? Because, I, you know, I'm a conservative. I want dirty air and water. And Republicans are homophobic, xenophobic. And Islamophobic, because you dare to disagree with them. It's now at a level we've never heard. Just listen to the vitriol of the left and this montage we have put together. It's a, play it is some a music weird behind tension. It. I think it's a dangerous time for the First Amendment and for the free press in this country. And at the same time, we're oddly influential with the guy who wants to kill us. And to our detractors that insist that this march will never add up to anything, f- you. You, but this is the hallmark of revolution. Yes, I'm angry. Yes, I am outraged. Yes, I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. You know, I had a dream the other night about that I was playing golf with Donald Trump and I was standing beside him with a club in my hand. I was, you know, considering my options when I suddenly woke up. You know, it was one of those dreams where you want to just get back to sleep so you can finish it, you know? That was pretty good. I might have to put Mr. Burgess on Fox News. I'll put, uh, I'll put, I'll put Mr. Burgess up against uh, Sean Hannity. He'll tear him up. I need you to go out and talk to your friends and talk to your neighbors. I want you to talk to them whether they're independent or whether they are Republican. I want you to argue with them and get in their faces. Press always asks me, don't I wish I were debating him? No, I wish you were in high school. I could take him behind the gym. That's what I wish. What we've got to do is fight in Congress, fight in the courts, fight in the streets fight online fight at the ballot box and now there's the momentum to be able to do this this is a death panel bill because people will die this is deadly this is deadly you can't stand him i am he's the most horrible man i've ever seen your president is a dishonorable lying man ordinary people who simply saw what needed to be done and came together and supported those ideals who have made the difference 
They've marched. They've bled. Yes, some of them have died. This is hard. Every good thing is. We have done this before. We can do this again. I don't respect this president. I don't trust this president. He's not working in the best interests of the American people. His motives and his actions are contemptible. And I will fight every day until he is impeached. Impeach 45. As far as I'm concerned, the Tea Party can go straight to hell. In fact, the only thing your mouth is good for is being Vladimir Putin's holster. Oh, Ivanka's going to be our saving grace, you know, when he's about to nuke Finland or something. She's going to walk into the bedroom and, you know, yeah, daddy, daddy, don't do it, daddy. You know? I mean, he's so blatantly stupid. He's a punk. He's a dog. He's a pig. He's a con, a bullshit artist, a mutt who doesn't know what he's talking about, doesn't do his homework, doesn't care, thinks he's gaming society, doesn't pay his taxes. He's an idiot. Colin Powell said it best. He's a national disaster. He's an embarrassment to this country. It makes me so angry that this country has gotten to this point, that this fool, this bozo, has wound up where he has. He talks how he wants to punch people in the face. Well, I'd like to punch him in the face. And I might just kill ISIS with the same ice pick that I murdered Donald Trump in the same night with. Which enemy are you most proud of? Probably the Republicans. (laughs) And the insanity goes on and on and on. I was at this field in Alexandria last night doing my television show. I will be at the baseball game the Republicans were practicing for yesterday. I'll be there tonight. We'll do our TV show from there tonight. This was an assassination attempt. I spoke to two congressmen. They have identified the shooter as the individual who came up to them during the practice, early in the practice, and asked the question, well, are these guys Republicans or are they Democrats? Well, obviously, being Republican, as we now have learned from his Facebook page and elsewhere, as I went over yesterday, I won't bore you with the details of, of this individual anymore. Once he knew it was Republicans, it fit into his already posted agenda of going after people that he disagrees with. Can't disagree now without this type of behavior. Is that it? And I'm not blaming Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders supporters are not like this. And I said that, and I'll stand by that. You know, to say so or to suggest so is unfair. It's insane. It's what the left does. It's, it's Bill Clinton blaming talk radio and, and Rush Limbaugh for the Oklahoma City bombing. It's insanity. You can't hold the individual responsible. Now, with all of that said, I will say this, that what we are hearing and witnessing and watching and what's supposed to be news in this country on a daily basis is the single greatest effort to undermine a duly elected president, the will of the American people, because those on the left, those in the media, those in the deep state, the five groups I keep talking about that want to undermine this president every day and prevent the agenda you voted for for becoming the law of the land, they're not stopping. And here, you know, for example, what do we learn? Well, we know that they struck out on the issue of collusion with Russia. 
Whoops, James Comey blew that sucker out of the water. You know, they struck out with the collusion theory. They struck out with the obstruction theory because, oh, the president actually said, no, if there's anybody that you do know that's responsible for being involved in this, even satellite friends of mine, people around me, I want to know. The country needs to know. So 11 months of conspiracy theory TV and uh, on NBC and CNN and all over the New York Times and Washington Post, nothing. And how, how do we know? No evidence. Because many of those same Democratic senators have told us this. It's insane. So, you know, Senate Intelligence Committee, thousands of documents, 11 months of media conspiracy, six months of Senate investigation, nothing, zero. And lawmakers from both sides of the aisle, you know, well, there's smoke, but no evidence of collusion, no evidence of a cover up. Oh, and the president's not being investigated. So now they're stuck. So what does the Washington Post do on a day where there's an assassination attempt against all of these Republicans, where they they literally have put the life in jeopardy, and he's fighting for his life now, of the House Majority Whip. You know, they've, they've done all these, these tests on these people. He's fighting for his life. So what does the Washington Post do? The same Washington Post that was wrong on the Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein Remember the big article, breaking news, late in the afternoon, he's threatened to quit. Why? Because um, because of the, the letter. And then he got interviewed by a local D.C. station. What happens? What did they point out? Not only did he, he on tape says he didn't threaten to quit. Washington Post lies, gets exposed for lying, fake news, no consequences. Then they do it again. They come out with a big report. Oh, well, Comey told... You know, people that he needed more money just for the Russia investigation. You know, even the remember the Lester Holt article for uh, the Lester Holt interview. Trump said, well, I actually knew if I got rid of him probably would mean extending the investigation. The investigation would go on longer. That would actually be, you know, not in my best interest. Better to, you know, get rid of it now. But I if it means that it's okay. I don't mind if it goes on longer. That was the real takeaway from that. You know, so the Washington Post, again, like the New York Times, wrong again and again. Even Comey pointing out all of these news outlets have been wrong. CNN is wrong. NBC's been wrong. Washington Post's been wrong. New York Times has been wrong. All of these news outlets. ABC's been wrong. And how many times right after Comey speaks, oh, well, we got to do our, hang on, we got to rewrite that article from whenever we lied about that. And it goes on and on. So then they come up with five unnamed sources again. And this time, well, okay, no obstruction of justice. Every legal scholar has pointed that out. And, you know, we just got now five new people. Instead of investigating Loretta Lynch and the, and the tarmac interview with Bill Clinton just before she makes her decision, or Sarah Carter on her piece and John Solomon's piece where Comey had confronted her about, well, did you really already put the kibosh on any possible indictment, no matter where the evidence leads to the email server scandal? Why isn't she under investigation for obstruction? Why isn't Comey under investigation for leaking and obstruction? Why isn't he, you know, in the Records Act? Why isn't Hillary Clinton, who we know committed felonies with the email server scandal and mishandling of, of classified top secret documents? Why isn't she under investigation? Hey, with optimism once again on the rise in America, the working people of this country are more important than ever. 
Well, now they have a podcast that celebrates them and tells their stories on the job from hired to retired. Well, it's a new podcast from our friends at Express Employment Professionals that digs into the lives of men and women at work and explores their journeys as they fight to make the American dream a reality. On the Job takes the listener through the ups and downs of making a living in America. Now check out the new podcast, On the Job, from Hired to Retired, on iHeartRadio, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Or just go to expresspros.com slash podcast for more information. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. Now juxtapose the insanity you just heard. Congressman Roe Brooks from Alabama was on this program. I, I was a local radio host, knew him 27 years ago in Huntsville, Alabama. And, may, and just compare that to the insanity of the, the assassination attempt on Republicans by a, by a leftist ideologue yesterday. Listen to this. Uh, but I was uh, on deck uh, about to hit batting practice on the third base side of home plate, and I hear a loud bam. And I look around, and behind third base in the third base dugout, which is cinder block, I see a rifle. Um, and I see uh, a little bit of a body, and then I hear another blam, and I realize that there's an active shooter. Uh, at the same time, I hear Steve Scalise over near uh, second base uh, scream. Uh, he was shot. He's our majority whip. Um, the gun was a semi-automatic. It continues to fire at uh, different people. You can imagine all the people in the field scatter. Um, I run around to the first base side of home plate, and we have a batting cage that's got plastic wrapped around it to stop foul balls and hide behind the plastic. You know, that plastic's not real good. And I was lying on the ground with two or three others as the gunfire continues. I heard a break in the gunfire and decided to take a chance. Ran from home plate to the first base dugout, which is also center block, and down about two or three feet so you can have better cover. Um, there were a number of congressmen and congressional staffers who help us uh, lying on the ground. Uh, one of them uh, was wounded uh, in the leg, took off my belt, and uh, myself and another congressman, I don't remember who, uh, applied a tourniquet to try to uh, slow down the bleeding. Uh, in the meantime, I'm towards the right field side of the uh, dugout, and there's gunfire within about five or six, seven feet of my head. And I look up, and there's a guy with a gun blasting away. Fortunately, it was one of the good guys. So sad to have a friend and somebody you know, and by the way, a numerous friend. I've known Steve Scalise, interviewed Steve Scalise. He's been on this program, as many of you know, a number of times. And it's just sad that this is now the environment that we live in. It's very sad, but it's also the reality. And now, now when you think the conspiracy theories have now begun to wane down and come to an end, no. Now it comes to a, a whole new level in the midst of this. Now we've got new unnamed sources. Now we've got more unchallenged allegations that I'm sure in time will be rescinded. Another attempt to stop the American people from getting out of poverty, off of food stamps, and back in the labor force. Anything to distract and overturn a duly elected president. And as we roll along, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Hey, uh, guess who came by the studio, Linda? Connie Hare. Connie! Oh, my, she can't hear you. You just screaming it in my ear. She didn't hear you. Can you relay my oh, love Oh, you did? Her? Yeah, you heard it. I heard Can it you? the room. Did, she said, Connie! Con- yeah, exactly. And she said, relay my love to her. 
I love that woman. Every, yeah, everybody loves Connie. Everybody loves Con- Connie. Connie, 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 liver, Connie, Connie. And I, what? Chelsea works for Louie also, and they're here. And Louie, of course, is at the heart of every, you know, conspiracy theory to, to, to help me, you know, get the best coverage for my television show every night. And it was, by the way, it was so fun to see him and, and you and Seculo and last night, and you guys were awesome. Uh, all right, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of this program. All right, so I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time. I'm just going to say, do you not see what's happening here? Do you not see? He can't make the case for obstruction. He can't make the case for collusion. Trump's not under investigation. The deep state is so annoyed and frustrated and angry themselves because they failed. They got defeated. It's like we have a fourth branch of government now called the deep state. You know, the selective leaking against the president and it but purposefully designed to hurt him, hurt his agenda, overturn a duly elected president. The media is a part of it. You have the five groups. You've got, of course, the deep state, which I think is the most dangerous. Those people that would use intelligence gathering, which is so necessary in an evil world, and use it for nefarious purposes, a 300 and uh, plus 50 percent increase in unmasking during the middle of an election cycle. Well, that's the deep state gone way deep, thinking that they are in control and they are in charge. And then, of course, then you've got Democrats unhinged from the beginning and calling for impeachment almost from the day that Trump won the election. And then, of course, you got the media and black helicopter theories, conspiracy theories galore. Then you got weak Republicans, pathetic ones with no spine, no backbone. You know, they never wanted Trump in office, half of them either. And on top of that, then you got the never Trumper people. They want to be relevant again, and they want desperately to say, see, we were right, Hannity and people like him are destroying the Republican Party, and they've always been wrong. But they won't acknowledge that Neil Gorsuch was a hell of a pick for the Supreme Court, just saying Hannity was right about that. He'll never choose a, an originalist for the Supreme Court. Actually, he did. He'll never build the wall. He's trying. Uh, he'll never help repeal Obamacare. They're trying on that, too. we got 100 weak Republicans we got to deal with. Um, he's never going to move towards energy independence. Well, yeah, he's gotten rid of all the bad Obama-era regulations he can do on his own. Uh, he's never serious about education. Well, that seems to be coming into fruition, too, and sending education back to the states. He's never going to get tough on ISIS. Yeah, he kind of has, and... A lot tougher than it used to be. I don't know how you deal with the North Korean situation, but it's pretty bad. So after months of no evidence, well, then you, the Washington Post, the people that got it wrong, just like the New York Times, they all now have to come up with a new theory, something new. And it's just another example of illegal leaking, deep state leaking, like they are in charge, not the president. And what happens? Well, the deep state, if, if we don't find the Obama holdovers and get rid of them, if we don't get rid of those people selectively leaking, well, that means the agenda of the president gets stopped. Where did they get all this power? How do you weaponize intelligence gathering to spy on political opposition in the middle of an election year? Why did General Flynn ever have to lose his career? Look, let's be honest here. It was lost because of unmasking. Incidental surveillance, which is legal, not minimization applied. Then, of course, unmasking him, 350% increase in unmasking Americans. I've been told down by a source while I've been down here in D.C., they believe very strongly I was unmasked. 
and that that evidence at some point will come out and that information will come out. I'm like, great, let's see what they got on me. Can't wait. And then after that, then in the case of Flynn, it was surveillance leaking, (laughs) violation of the Espionage Act. But because the deep state decided to do it, they got him fired and his career ended. And now he's under investigation. Well, it never should have been looked at based on what the law is. That's a different issue for a different day. And now we've got more leaking to the FBI, the NSA, CIA, member of Vault 7, and everything that, you know, and a lot of this is all predicated on, okay, well, you know, who did give the information to WikiLeaks and Julian Assange? You know, by all indications, he's told me numerous times it wasn't the Russians. We know Vault 7 exposed how the CIA can apply malware and put the fingerprints of any enemy state onto whatever hacking is happening. In other words, they can do it within Langley at the CIA. And by the way, I wouldn't expect that. I actually trust, have a deep respect for our intelligence community because, God, this is an evil world and we need these tools. We just can't abuse these tools and they can't be used for political reasons. And you can't weaponize the, 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 the techniques that they use. It'd be like turning real weapons on the American people, except this one is to destroy their names and reputations and spy on them and, and trample on the Constitution and destroy Fourth Amendment protections to unreasonable search and seizure. So whoever's doing this, they're using, you know, tools against enemies and warfare against the American people. I'm sure it's 99% of these guys are great with my deepest respect and and appreciation for the risk they take for their country, the love of their country. But the 1% is scaring the hell out of me. And they seem to be the ones in power. And by the way, it's not this minnow girl that's in Augusta, Georgia, that was arrested. You know, was an activist. It's not her. She's not the deep state. She's a minnow in the deep state. She had access to information probably that on paper she otherwise shouldn't have been able to have. And so there continues to be an appalling amount of leaking, an appalling amount of uncorroborated, unnamed sources. These leaks are obviously designed to undermine the president, a duly elected president. If they had any real information, they wouldn't need to leak, just as a matter of fact. You know, remember, Obama even warned against FBI leaking an innuendo. He was upset about it. But, you know, and and Nancy Pelosi once said the public interest would be served if the FBI provided facts rather than allowing people to stoke innuendo and falsehoods. And then, of course, there was no case for obstruction when the FBI director confirmed multiple times that the president, nobody at the White House, asked him to stop the Russia investigation. It was like the first question that Senator Burr of North Carolina asked. And every legal scholar, including people like Alan Dershowitz, Andy McCarthy, you know, Jay Sekulow is always here with us, and and my colleague Greg Chair, there's no case for obstruction, never has been. Firing Comey doesn't didn't change the course of the investigation. As a matter of fact, the attorney general in testimony this week said that the firing of the FBI director would in no way impact the investigation. It just doesn't happen that way. And then we have to ask, well, where's the investigation of Loretta Lynch and the tarmac conversation? Loretta Lynch. And can you not call it an investigation? Just call it a matter. And uh, the Solomon and Sarah Carter article. Well, what'd they say? Well, she had already put the kibosh. Didn't matter what evidence they came up with. Hello? That would be real obstruction of justice. You know, during the uh, the 
you know, the FBI server investigation, Obama's administration, they stated that Secretary Clinton is not the target of an investigation. Doesn't seem to be headed in that direction. Well, President Obama said she has not jeopardized America's national security. Turned out he was wrong. Five foreign national, you know, intelligence agencies got a hold of classified, top secret, special access program information on her email server in a mom-and-pop shop closet. She should be investigated, a grand jury formed, and frankly, if there's ever a trial, convicted. Case closed, and James Comey made the case better than anybody, of all people. And then on top of that, Loretta Lynch should be investigated for obstruction. Robert Mueller needs to go. He needs to recuse himself. Why is he even there, best friend of Comey? hiring Hillary Clinton's lawyer for the Clinton Foundation to stop Freedom of Information Act requests. And you got three other lawyers he's hiring. They're all Obama and Clinton donors. I guess it wouldn't be fair to put a few, you know, Republicans on that list to create some balance or appearance of propriety in this. And his own friend is the one that, yeah, I leaked to the New York Times so that I can get a special counsel. Turns out to be my best friend. Well, okay. Well, who appointed him? How did that happen? Oh, he's so happy that his friend will make the determination. Well, who's he going to believe? You know, remember President Obama's comments about the lack of intent with Hillary? It's just, you know, look, if we don't stop this deep state, illegal leaking, you know, I don't even know. The investigative committees, they've struck out. It has been a total, complete, and utter failure on collusion, obstruction, on investigating Trump. It's over. So now we'll leak again. We'll start a whole new series of leaks with unnamed sources so we can get Trump this way. By the way, I, you know, I'm watching the media yesterday, and didn't uh, Joey Scarborough on the Mika and Joe show over there, the liberal Joe show, didn't they call the president a schmuck last week? And now they're calling for peace. Now they're saying the rhetoric's over the top. And then I noticed uh, it was in one of the papers today. I think Life's at one of the news sites. That's Laura Ingram's site. And, you know, talk about Trump derangement syndrome. Apparently Mika, she's the fiance. I don't know if you know this, for Joe Scarborough, raises really important questions about whether they hold hands under the desk and everything, play footsie while they're on the air. I don't know. I mean, oh, come on. I congratulate it. I'm only messing around. Anyway, while... Uh, half-heartedly acknowledging a myriad of other possible factors that may have contributed to the toxic political environment, you think? Maybe calling the president a schmuck, Mika, is on top of the list, or maybe one of your unhinged emotional breakdowns about what a liar and how dangerous this is for the country. You think maybe maybe you're talking about yourself here? I think that very carefully we have to talk about the added dynamic here a president who pushes fake news and conspiracy theories. Uh, Mika, that's your news network. Well, fake news network. That would be you people over there. Do you even watch your own? Pro- Maybe you're sleeping at the time. Unbelievable. Huffington Post had to yank an article calling for Trump's execution. Yesterday's attempted assassination of dozens of GOP congressmen has now left these left-wing publications having to reconsider. Their anti-Trump hysteria. Huffington Post pulled a piece calling for the execution of President Trump. That was published Saturday by contributor Jason Fuller. 
His piece contained rhetoric and imagery that, you know, was beyond the pale, describing, boldly declaring that in the title, Trump must be prosecuted if convicted in a court of law executed. Oopsie daisy. We may have to pull that off. Maybe now in light of the assassination attempt, maybe we'll, we'll pull this crap. Kathy Griffin, Democrat, stayed silenced, by the way. You know what? They didn't say a thing. Michael Goodwin over at the New York Post had a great column out today. You know, all of this with Kat. Do you know, realize not a syllable of protest by Hillary, by Barack Hussein Obama, Chucky Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, Elizabeth Warren. Only yesterday, Bernie Sanders spoke out, but, you know, he was drawn into this because this guy was a Bernie supporter. And I don't blame Bernie. I don't. It's so emotion. It's so shallow. Let's blame Rush Limbaugh talk radio for the Oklahoma City bombing, like Clinton did. I think it's Rush Limbaugh. You know, listen, he's on the air. We need a truth detector after Rush gets on the air. What a crap. I mean, I'm not going to. It's just like the boycott crap. I'm not doing it. Or the firing. Fire this one. Fire that one. Fire this one. Fire. I'm not calling for anybody's firing. If you want to show, I can basically spend every day. Fire this one. Fire that one. Fire this one. Boycott this one. I don't have time for this crap. Putin compared the Comey, Comey leaking to, you know, uh, leaky, the Comey to leaker spy Edward Snowden and offered safe haven, by the way, for James Comey if he wants it. New York Times, even if Mueller's words recommends charges against Trump or recommends the GOP Congress will have the last word. By the way, they went after Sarah Palin in the most vicious way, and now she's threatening to sue them. I don't blame her. And Dennis Rodman presents North Koreans with the Trump book. <laughs> Good grief. Anyway, thoughts and prayers. Steve Scalise is really fighting for his life, according to sources I have. It is very, very difficult, dangerous. This is, this is very complicated what these uh, gifted people are trying to do to save his life. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, toll-free, telephone numbers, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, what else do we have going on? All right, we, we got a lot coming up, not the least, least of which is Jay Sekulow joins us. Rand Paul was a witness to what happened yesterday. He will be joining us. Um, what else did I put out from here? Oh, the inflammatory statements. You know, I can't believe New York Times editorial board, a garbage that they published today, even in the face of the assassination attempts against Sarah Palin. What a national disgrace. We'll get into that in the program. And Palin is considering action against the New York Times. And, you know, by saying there's a clear was a clear link between the shooting of Giffords and Palin. That wasn't true ever then or now. It's ridiculous. Before beginning today, I'd like to take a moment to again send our thoughts and prayers to my friend and the friend of most of us in this room, Steve Scalise, and his great family as he continues his very brave fight. It's been much more difficult than people even thought at the time. It's been uh, he's in some trouble, but he's a great fighter and he's going to be okay. we hope. I visited Steve and his family at the hospital last night. And I reassured them that the entire country is pulling for them, praying for them, and that we are here for them every single step of the way. America's hearts, and we mean this in the truest sense, sends its love. We've got a lot of hearts in this country, great hearts, and they're all sending their love. 
and support to the Scalise family. And Steve, in his own way, may have brought some unity to our long-divided country. We've had a very, very divided country for many years. And I have a feeling that Steve has made a great sacrifice, but there could be some unity being brought to our country. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Hour two, Sean Hannity show. I'm not as confident, perhaps, as the president in the light of even after this. Washington Post just literally just starts up right again. They've been beaten on the Russia collusion story and the obstruction story. So then they come up with more unnamed sources. Well, now the special counsel is doing this. It, it, it is breathless, hysterical, black helicopter theory, conspiracy theory reporting day in and day out. Nobody takes a breath. They don't, they're obviously oblivious to the magnitude of an attempted assassination of multiple Republicans yesterday. And we're going to be broadcasting tonight from the game where the Republicans do play the, the Democrats. And by the way, it's where the Nationals play down here in Washington, D.C. Um, our good friend Senator Rand Paul sadly was a witness to all of this. And, and he was at this frightening scene in Alexandria where we did the TV show from last night. Shots landing near aides who had taken cover. And Senator Paul, uh, I'm sorry you had to live through that yesterday. Um, also, with your, your background in, in medicine, I, on the other hand, I'm, I'm so glad you were there and I heard you were a big help to people. Well, it was a horrific scene. Uh, it's, I think, nothing you can ever really prepare for. Uh, I got up in the morning expecting just to go to baseball practice like I do every morning. It's really one of the better things we do in Washington. It's a bipartisan baseball game. We are very competitive, but in a friendly, jovial, joking way. We rib each other, and uh, it's really a good thing. It's for charity. We raised about $600,000 for the Boys and Girls Club of D.C., and, you know, when the first shot rang out, we weren't even positive it was a gunshot. It kind of sounded like a gunshot, but, you know, I, where I live in Bowling Green, Kentucky, we hear shotgun, you know, going off on occasion. It's not too concerning to hear a random shot. But then immediately what followed was five or ten shots in quick succession and then probably 50 or 60 shots in quick succession. And they were, you know, people were dropping. Representative Scalise was shot early on in that barrage of bullets. Um, there were two staffers in left field over there by the shooter. He was on the third base side uh, outside the fence, but uh, shielded by the dugout. It's a concrete dugout. And so as he's shooting, these staffers race the entire length of the warning track, you know, which is the dirt that's about five or seven feet in front of the fence. They race all the way to my position. I was over on the right field side trying to get away. But when they get to me, there's a 20-foot fence between them and me, a chain-link fence, and he's still shooting at them. They've plopped down on the ground, and he's shooting at them. You can see the dirt. Well, why why were you on the them. other side of the fence at that point, uh, Senator? Because I'd gone to the batting cage, which is outside the main fence. I had just batted at home plate. And, you know, life is just weird. It's just how you happen to be in the wrong place or the right place, uh, you know, the worst shooting happened near home plate and second base. I'd just been there probably three minutes before, and uh, I was telling my wife, they tell you to take five cuts, and you know every baseball player wants to turn five cuts into ten cuts. That day I actually listened to what I was told to do. I only took my five cuts, and I was, you know, walking away. I saw Senator Jeff Flake in the first uh, first base dugout, and he asked for a ride home, and he was changing his shoes, and I said, you know, 
Um, the split second, I decided, you know, I'm going to do one more, you know, uh, one more round in the batting cage, which actually put me fairly far from the shooter. But as the shooting came down, I'm in the batting cage, just put my helmet on to go in. You know, it it erupts. And now we everybody's yelling, gunfire, shooter, get down. Everybody's running for cover and, and getting to a horizontal position if they can. So I've got the two staff members about 10 feet from me, but the gunshots are coming in our direction. I see them all around them. By, by the way, the, just to describe, this is a chain-link fence. By the way, a, a beautiful baseball field. And, uh, I mean, it's almost like a, a national, uh, just almost like a professional field. I mean, as nice a field as you practice on. Uh, I saw. I heard from one of the congressmen last night that, actually, I think your dad was one of the few people to ever put the ball over the fence because it's pretty long. Uh, I would say almost 330 feet at least. But, yep. Um, um, and uh, I know exactly where you were, and you're, you were about as far away as you could be, but you're still in the line of fire, exactly in the line of fire. Right. And so for the first couple of seconds, we're trying to decide where the where the bullets are coming from. You hear them. The sound instinctively sound like the sound is away from you towards third base. And I didn't see the shooter at first, and I think I only caught maybe a glimpse of his shirt because as they, he was shooting at us, we were mostly staying behind the tree. And so we're behind about a 200-year oak tree, but the staffers that are trapped inside the fence are only 10 feet from me, but they can't. It's a 20-foot fence, and they've got to make a decision. Do they want to stand up, and do they want to climb over the fence to get outside the ballpark, and they're, they're trapped? So yeah, You know, I tried to put myself in everybody's position. Now, just when I got there last night, I mean, everything was as you guys had left it, including the equipment. It was on the field, and... And this is a high fence, and I'm a pretty agile, athletic guy, but you climb that fence, you don't, look, you don't know if this guy's a good shot or not. Turns out he wasn't that good a shot. And had he been, there would have been 20 more people probably dead here. But the other thing that really stopped this were these two Capitol Police officers. And when I saw the actual location of where the shooter was and what they did, and they've got pistols. And I'm I'm a pistol marksman. I'm not a rifle marksman. I'm a pretty good shot. Um, It's like, it it literally is like, I can't even come up with the proper analogy. I mean, it's like hitting with a with a baby baseball bat versus a real baseball bat. It's, 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 it, you have more aim, more capability, more firepower, and they went right in the middle of the field, wide open, sitting dead ducks to save people. Yeah, no, I couldn't be more proud of them, and they really, truly are heroes. And I, I said yesterday, I think there, there would have been a massacre had they not been there because he had the about 15 people trapped in the dugout, the dugout's about two feet below the surface of the ground, so he's shooting at them, but the bullets are hitting in the dirt in front of the dugout and careening over their head and hitting the back of the dugout because they're crouched down on the floor, which is below ground level. But they're stuck there. And so at, at, at this point, he decides to leave his hideout behind the third base dugout, and he's advancing towards home plate. And that's when I hear from everybody, he's on the move, he's on the move, and he's reloading. And so as he's on the move, then about, it seemed like an hour, but it was probably two or three minutes, then we start hearing the first response from the uh, from the Capitol Hill police. And it's a different sound. It's actually a little bit louder echo. And I, I don't know if they have 9mm, 10mm, but it was a louder shot than the ping, ping, ping of the rifle. But you hear them returning fire. 
And you talk about brave. You have to understand that not only are policemen brave, but many of them can go their whole career and never uh, even take their gun out of their holster other than for practice. You know, most policemen will never shoot anyone. So these two policemen, I don't know if they've ever had an experience like this, but they responded how you'd want them to, and, and just incredible heroes. They confronted the attacker. Uh, they were shot, both of them. Uh, one was dropped to the ground. One was shot, kept going. They bring down the attacker. Uh, he ultimately dies of his wound. The one Capitol policeman who's wounded then takes himself out to center field. His primary responsibility is guarding one person, Steve Scalise, who turns out to be the most injured. And the great irony of it is Steve Scalise suffered the worst, you know, or he and one other person, the worst of the attack. But had he not been there, probably everyone would have died because his security detail wouldn't have been there. And and he was on second base, and from what I understand, he kind of was able to maneuver himself out a little bit further from where the shooting had occurred. But, I mean, at that point, he was almost incapacitated. And for that police officer, the Capitol Police, to do that, I mean, was unbelievably courageous and brave. Um, let's talk a little bit about the aftermath of this. Uh, from what I heard is you were a big help to everybody. Well, that, that, that would be overstated. Now, I wasn't in a position to, actually, because when Steve Scalise went down, uh, he's in the second base area in the dirt. He crawls about 15 yards out, and uh, nobody could help him until the shooter was killed. Well, I mean, after shooter, it was over. That's what I was talking about, after it's over. Yeah, but by the time the shooter was killed, at about that time, where I'm positioned as the gunfire continues and as he's approaching home place, we had to make a decision. The staffer had crawled over the 20-foot fence in about the fastest time I've ever seen anybody crawl over a fence. It probably took him three seconds to get over a 20-foot fence. So now he and I are behind the tree as the gunfight is ensuing and the gun and the the rifleman is coming closer to us. We had to make a decision to cross an open field to get out of the but we had to go through line of fire a little bit to get out. We made the decision to uh, make a run for it across an open field at that point. So I actually was not there when the gunfire ended. I was there right at the beginning of the gunfight that lasted about a minute or so, and that's at the time that uh, we decided to, to try to make right. our exit. We'll, we'll continue more with Kentucky Senator Rand Paul. He was there at the shooting yesterday. We'll ask what, what, if, whether he believes there is a connection between the intensity, the rhetoric, the insanity, uh, even the outright threats against the president and the incident that happened yesterday. 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program, we'll continue more with Senator Rand Paul next. All right, as we continue with Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, he was there during this attempted assassination against Republicans yesterday. And, you know, one of the things that really stood out, I'm, I had two congressmen yesterday that I interviewed that said before the shooting began, Senator, that this guy that they later identified as the shooter had come up to them and say, are these Republicans or Democrats that are practicing? And then they were told, no, it's Republicans. Now, to me, that and then finding out this guy's background and finding out that this guy is part of, you know, all these radical, violent groups, or at least expressing violence on social media. Number one, we we don't do enough to take these threats on social media seriously. There's over 12,000 of them, for example, assassination uh, tweets out against President Trump. We're not taking these things seriously. Then we've got, of course, the Madonnas and the Jim Carreys of the world and all these other leftists that have threatened violence against the president, wanting to blow up the White House. We don't do anything about it. So I guess my question is, do you think that the language somehow is contributing to an atmosphere where we have dehumanized President Trump, Republicans, and it's causing people to just react this way. 
perhaps people that already have tendencies towards being unhinged. Well, you know, I've been saying for a long time that some in the media sort of overplay uh, sort of this incivility that we're always at each other's throats up here and that we all hate each other. And so I try to tell people that, look, I have many friends who are Democrats up here. We agree occasionally on like one out of 10 issues. And I actually try to work with them on the one out of 10 issues I agree with them. We usually don't agree on taxes or regulations, but on some of the things that I've tried to promote, civil liberties, less government surveillance, less intervention in foreign war. You know, many of these things I have worked with Democrats, and so I don't viscerally sort of like hate people on the other side. I don't hate anybody up here, but we also learn that we have debates and we should not take the vigor out of the debate in the sense that we shouldn't all be mamby-pamby and not believe in anything. I think that's not what we should respond to this. What we should say is, for example, on health care, I do not question President Obama's motives. I think he was absolutely wrong and Obamacare is an absolute failure, and I'll argue that point. But I don't think he's an evil person that didn't want people to have health care in the same way that these left-wing people come to town halls saying that Republicans want people to die. You know, that's crazy. That's, Excuse that's me, Na- Nancy Pelosi motive. said the same things. They got their talking points from her. Well, yeah, I think politicians need to be a little bit careful about questioning motives of the other side. It's one thing to debate facts, but it's another to sort of cast aspersions on someone's motives. And I think that's good advice for anybody. And there are people that are, you know, that have some kind of, like, this guy had a long, long history of aggressive behavior. This guy was a thug. It sounded like he'd been a thug, you know, most of his adult life. He's beating up people with the butt of his gun. He's shooting in the woods right next to where kids are playing and just sort of huffs off and doesn't respond to his neighbor, you know, worried about his kids, you know, being shot by random bullets. And uh, so, yeah, this sounds like a guy that really had problems. But we do, I think, have to remember that we're debating over what the best way to take the country is. And we're going to have disagreement, even looking at the same set of facts. But we should not give up on the vigor of trying to argue for what's best for the country. But we also don't have to you know, go around saying that the people on the other side are evil or somehow want everybody to die kind of thing. It's pretty scary, pretty insane times. You've, in all your years in politics, I'm running out of time, has it ever been this bad towards any one president? It's it's bad, and I will say it's a little. Has it ever been worse? It's a little bit on both sides, but right now it's a complete. Everything's a witch hunt. Everything's a ganging up, and uh, I don't think it's ever been worse. But uh, oh, Senator, I'm glad you're safe. Sorry about what happened to these five victims. They are in our thoughts and prayers, and uh, we will be at the game tonight and look forward to seeing you. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Sean. All right, we'll come back. We'll get to your phone calls. Then uh, also, Jay Seculo stops by, and we'll check in with uh, our News Roundup Information Overload Hour, Gillum and Unger. Straight ahead. Holding them accountable. Sean gets the answers no one else does. America deserves to know the truth about Congress. So a very simple question that should be asked is, did Donald Trump or any of his associates in the campaign collude with Russia in hacking those emails and releasing them to the public? That's where we started six months ago. We have now heard from six of the eight Democrats in this committee, and to my knowledge, I don't think a single one of them asked that question. They've gone down lots of other rabbit trails, but not that question. Maybe... That is because Jim Comey said last week, as he said to Donald Trump, that on three times he assured him he was not under investigation. Maybe it's because multiple Democrats on this committee have stated that they have seen no evidence thus far after six months of our investigation and 10 months or 11 months of an FBI investigation of any such collusion. I would just suggest, what do we think happened at the Mayflower? 
Mr. Sessions, are, are you familiar with what spies called tradecraft? A little bit. That involves things like covert communications and dead drops and brush passes, right? That is part of it. Do you like spy fiction? John Le Carre, Daniel Silva, Jason Matthews? Yeah, Alan first. David Ignatius. Just finished Ignatius's book. Do you like Jason Bourne or James Bond movies? No. Yes. (laughs) I do. Have, have you ever, in any of these fantastical situations, heard of a plot line so ridiculous that a sitting United States senator and an ambassador of a foreign government colluded at an open setting with hundreds of other people to pull off the greatest caper in the history of espionage? <coughs> Thank you for saying that, uh, Senator Cotton. It's just like through the looking glass. I mean, what is this? I explained how, in good faith, I said I had not met with Russians because they were uh, suggesting I, as a surrogate, had been meeting continuously with Russians. I said I didn't meet with them. And now the next thing you know, uh, I'm accused of some reception uh, uh, plotting some sort of uh, influence campaign for the American election. It's just beyond my capability to understand, and I really appreciate, Mr. Chairman, the opportunity at least to be able to say publicly, I didn't participate in that and know nothing about it. All right, 24 now till the top of the hour as we come to you from Washington, D.C., 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program, and that was Senator Tom Cotton with the Attorney General, Jeff Sessions. I mean, it doesn't. there's no end to these conspiracy theories. Jay Sekulow is in studio. He will join us in a second from the American Center for Law and Justice. You know, you need the Dollar Shave Club. Don't take this in the wrong way. You know, dollarshaveclub.com. Sweet baby James was right over here to your left. Yeah. Every day would come in and he'd have pieces of toilet paper all over his face because he'd rip his face apart shaving. So we finally got him the best blade he ever had. It's called the Executive Blade. And it's from Dollar Shave Club. Now, not only is it the best plate, true or false, yes. say it louder. It is. It is. All right, right? We don't see toilet paper on his face. It's a good thing for me not to see blood stains all over, little red dots. But it's a third of the price that you'll get better quality, and it's delivered to your house. They have other great grooming products. For example, you use shaving cream, right? Sure. Okay. I saw you early this morning, and you had a 5 o'clock shadow. That will your five o'clock shadow will go away. <laughs> and by the way, Linda loves it. Lauren loves it. Uh, Kristen, uh, who's with us in D.C. with the television show, loves it. And Jason has a mohawk. He loves it. And also Ethan and Sunshine love it. That's great. So anyway, the bottom line is you get the best blades you've ever had, third of the price, and the best grooming products you've ever had. Right now, you can get the Executive Blade and Dr. Carver's Shave Butter. You'll never go back to shaving cream again. Five bucks, free shipping. $15 value. You never pay to be a member of the Dollar Shave Club. You only pay for what you buy, and this offer is only going to last a short time. DollarShaveClub.com slash Hannity. DollarShaveClub.com slash Hannity. All right. So you got this bomb that is dropped late yesterday on the president's birthday. So that was right. very, very nice. Yeah. The same Washington Post right. that got wrong the story about, well, Rosen, uh, what's his name? Rosenstein was going to quit. They got wrong the story. Well, uh, well, Comey was, was uh, only got fired because he was asking for more money for the Russia investigation. They're always proven wrong. Anonymous sources again. And what's your take? 
Well, I mean, do you remember the Russian investigation? I mean, does anybody remember that anymore? I mean, what was, you know, everybody said it wasn't existing. So now you get these leaks. By the way, I'm not even sure if these leaks are from sources that actually exist. I'm, I'm getting pretty convinced that a lot of this is just leaks. And Well, leaks from who? The, within the, well, the media? They talk to each other and well, they have this big... Good question. Because it's hard for me to believe that um, five separate sources went to the Washington Post to say, by the way, the president of the United States is now under investigation, not for Russia collusion, but for firing James Comey. So that is now a constitutional claim? Didn't James Comey say in his letter the president has the right to fire him for any reason? Any reason. Didn't Alan Dershowitz say the president has the right for any reason? Legally speaking, you agree? Yes. Okay. Could it be that it doesn't matter what the reason is, but there's no case for obstruction— and this was a legal point that Dershowitz was making. It's because ultimately the president even has the right to tell, from his perspective, the FBI director to stop any investigation because of his right, which is, again, absolute to the pardon. Well, I mean, well, yeah, pardons, of course, because that is an absolute privilege. We're not there. I mean, let, let's let's focus on what we've got right now, because I think this is important for everybody to understand. We had a new story created last night because the old story doesn't work anymore. Why does it not work anymore? Because James Comey put out his testimony and basically unequivocally said, not under investigation, never under investigation, no collusion on Russia, no obstruction on, on Russia. Senators have said it. So now they say, OK, well, we've got the special counsel. What do we do now? And then this leak takes place. And I hope that people that are listening to this broadcast understand what's taking place here. This is a leak. If this is true, Sean, and I, I still, you know, who knows with the Washington Post. Come on, they've gotten everything. Everything wrong. Every, everything wrong. Right. So who, that's what I'm saying. Who knows? But could, if this was true and five separate sources, either within the Federal Bureau of Investigation or Special Counsel's Office or wherever this originated out of, leaked this information, that's the crime. That's what should right. be investigated. Now this is more in line of where, where my thinking took me, and I made it part of the program last night on TV. And we'll be at the baseball game tonight, but we'll, you're going to be joining us. Right. You can't wear a suit to a baseball game. You've got to promise me. You've got to get out of the suit. You know, you're <laughs> yeah. one of my great lawyer friends, and you're always in a suit. You want suit. your lawyer in short sleeve shirts? For one day, put on a yeah, baseball yeah, shirt yeah. or a golf shirt. I won't wear a tie. <laughs> I won't wear a tie, but I'll have it in my pocket you're in case not I need it. Uh, right. Oh, my As God. you can imagine. Yeah, and I'll get you a beer, and I'll just take out I the don't alcohol. Do, and you know, right, yeah, I, because I, mean, I drink club soda. Make it a double. Make it a double. Two limes. <laughs> we have work to do on Chase Secular. We no, have not is hung good. out with us no, long enough. That's all he right. doesn't eat good enough. He eats healthy. He's You, you need more time with <laughs> you know, us. It is what it is. All right. But the, but the bottom line is I'm arguing the deep state. You're right. Everything that they wanted, yeah. the old investigation, no collusion, no obstruction, nothing. The president was never a target. Right. So that goes away. So they need a new invention. So they just come up with new anonymous sources and a whole new line of of conspiracy. They mysteriously mysteriously leak it on the day that we had an assassination attempt in the nation's capital. I mysteriously leak it on the day. of You an think assassination. it was by design? Well, I, you know, I don't know if it's by design or not. I'll tell you what I do know that uh, this is what I know. The Washington Post has not been exactly a reliable source on this. And if, by the way, James Comey, who's also not a reliable source, said the media reports were not reliable sources. So I, I don't know if that's a double hearsay, as we say in the law. It may be hearsay on hearsay. But let me tell you what I do know. No one has been thinking about the Russia collusion investigation of any substance on this since certainly before James Comey's testimony. And his testimony certainly did nothing but help the president regarding that issue. So then you ask yourself, 
We've got a special counsel's office down the street. They're investigating. What does all that mean? Where does all that go? And I think, you know, Sean, my theory on this, this is my theory. My theory right now is that in Washington, D.C., these leaks, whether real or purported, are just an attempt to stop the president and stop him from doing the nation's business, which, by the way, Neil Gorsuch, formal investiture, is taking place right now. Right now. I mean, today. It's happened. He's been invested in the Supreme Court of the United States. He's been sitting, but this is the formal ceremony. The president and the vice president were there. That's what happens. The work of government goes on, but these. But is- if they really cared about collusion. Yeah. Okay. Well, there is collusion because if they really wanted a Russian conspiracy, right. I got one. It's called the Uranium One deal. Right. You know, when you listen, this is she had to personally sign off. What secretary of state is going to sign a piece of paper that gives 20 percent of the foundational materials for a nuclear weapon over to Vladimir Putin and all the people in Canada surrounding the deal that are going to benefit from the merger? And they think it's great. They funnel funnel millions of dollars to their foundation. Well, here's here's the point I want to make on this. We can – there's certainly an inconsistency. You said it last night, this double standard. I mean it's like a quadruple standard, okay? There's like – different levels of culpability and standards that you apply, which is not, by the way, not the way the Constitution set up, not the way the law set up. But I want I want to, I think it's bigger. And I said that on, on air last night. I think it's bigger. I think there is something going on here that we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg. And that is something you and I discussed. And that is this idea that entrenched, unelected bureaucrats are basically becoming the fourth branch of government. So you've got the elect, you got the legislative branch, the judicial branch, the executive, of course, the president of the United States. And the States. deep state. Yeah. And then Article 4, it doesn't exist, would be the uh, deep state or the unelected bureaucrats. All right. Now, I- I've actually talked to people around the president, and, and, and they've actually told me, oh, no, no, Hannity, you're wrong. We've, we've gotten rid of the holdovers. And I'm like, no, you haven't. Right. You haven't gotten rid of those people that served under Obama, and there's a whole list of them. Well, I now, mean, not only the holdovers yeah. remain— well, so does the deep state bureaucrats. Here's my theory, because I agree with you. It's the, let's say it's the fourth, fourth, fourth branch, fourth branch of the government. Well, then I also believe that the people that are running it may be outside government now that were right. Obama holdovers. Brennan, let's throw out names. People like Brennan and Clapper and Samantha Powers, Susan yeah. Rice. How okay. in the world Samantha Powers ben had Rose. access to any of this is absurd. Okay, to me. and people yeah. leaking them the information, and then either somebody within that circle is leaking all this selectively to hurt the president so that so they maintain power yeah so that means the investigations instead of this the investigation should be focusing on what all of that the all leaks of, that. How about of loretta the lynch how about yes of how course. about loretta lynch right, well yeah, even diane feinstein said she thought that should be looked at all right uh 800 sean we're in Washington, D.C. Tonight, Hannity, we're going to be at the Republican versus Democrat baseball game. It's where the Nationals play. I didn't know that. I thought it was at the field where this terrible, tragic, and attempted assassination took place. And as we continue, Jay Sekulow, the American Center for Law and Justice, is with us. Of course, you know, here you got a – it is amazing in a couple of respects. So everything involving Russia collusion drops. No obstruction. As a matter of fact, the president encouraged the investigation. Well, if there's satellites around me, I'd like to know what they have to say, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So now, basically, out of whole cloth, we got a new case for obstruction of justice. This one involving what? The president firing James Comey, which Comey admits himself he has the right to do. So what is the point here? If this is all leaked and it's true, you know, to the special counsel is basically struck out, right? Because 
Well, this is, I think, the last desperate. I think this is kind of the last. It should be. I mean, it, this shouldn't. First of all, none of this should have happened. And, I, and let me say this: I'm, I'm speaking here right now on this topic as one of the president's lawyers. This concern that we have in the legal team is the leaking of information that that talks about a potential investigation. By the way, did you see how the Washington Post kind of classified it? They said potential investigation, including the president, but all these anonymous leaks, five sources. This has us very concerned because if this investigation was going to be do, done in a, what we would call a, in, a, with judicial, with independence of the special counsel and with all judicial proper notifications and within the rule of law, what's happening here? Why are we allowing this to take place? So I'm, I'm very concerned about that. I mean, this is obviously something the legal team has, is, is constantly looking at. Now let me put on my American Center for Law and Justice hat here because, Sean, this raises a significant series of constitutional issues. This goes to the heart of separation of powers, the ability of the, the presidency to function, uh, and the ability for this to function in the context of what the framers meant when they had a presidential power invested in the chief executive, the president's the commander-in-chief, the role of the legislature, or the role of the judges in Article 3. But we go back to what we said early. I'm looking for the fourth branch of government here, and, I, and we have found it. And I think it's much deeper within that bureaucracy and much bigger that's what I was getting to last night. It's much bigger than – this isn't three people, five leaks. It's much deeper than that. So then I guess the story is more examples of illegal leaks, which are coming yeah. out of this fourth estate yeah. uh, of, of, of the government or the fourth branch of the government. Yeah. And if this conti- – how come it doesn't stop? How come this hasn't stopped? How come there's no – into this how come the leaks keep coming and coming all right this failed now let's come out with this one we'll leak it to the same people yeah because the the other one's been batted down the collusion thing's non-existent so they they're justifying their existence this is washington they're justifying this i said that that is not the way it's supposed to work we know that so who needs to go comey it seems to me might have legal issues mueller seems to have multiple conflicts of interest uh, Loretta Lynch, sorry, she needs to be put under oath. And well, I mean, Diane Feinstein said, uh, Senator Feinstein said okay. that. And then Hillary Clinton, I still believe, needs to be prosecuted. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I never found out, and I don't think any of us really know, what was the final conclusion? They said the FBI decided not to prosecute. Did they actually close the files? Who knows? The, the fi- None final, of us know. Well, the final decision was yep. that Loretta Lynch put the kibosh on it, according to this latest piece by Sarah Carter. Yeah, and if that's the case, that should be where the special counsel or... Forget the special counsel. That's where the Department of Justice and the FBI need to be investing. Because I think I'm not a. I think the limitations on the special counsel. I've never been a big fan, as you know. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, Jay Seculo, American Center for Law and Justice. Uh, we'll see you tonight a little yes, bit sir. over at the baseball game. We're going to be broadcasting where that game is. Obviously, in light of the attempted uh, left winger Bernie Sanders supporter assassination of Republicans attempt, and much more. 10 uh, Eastern tonight on Hannity. Thanks for being with us. We'll take a quick break. News Roundup information overload is next. It's a, it is a weird tension. I think it's a dangerous time for the First Amendment and for the free press in this country. And at the same time, we're oddly influential with the guy who wants to kill us. And to our detractors that insist that this march will never add up to anything, f*** you. F*** you. But this is the hallmark of revolution. Yes, I'm angry. Yes, I am outraged. Yes, I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. You know, I had a dream the other night about that I was playing golf with Donald Trump and I was standing beside him with a club in my hand. I was, you know, considering my options when I suddenly woke up. You know, it was one of those dreams when you want to just get back to sleep so you can finish it. 
you know? That was pretty good. I might have to put Mr. Burgess on Fox News. I'll put uh, I'll put I'll put Mr. Burgess up against uh, Sean Hannity. He'll tear him up. I need you to go out and talk to your friends and talk to your neighbors. I want you to talk to them whether they're independent or whether they are Republican. I want you to argue with them and get in their face. And- Press always asks me, "Don't I wish I were debating him?" No, I wish you were in high school. I could take him behind the gym. That's what I wish. What we've got to do is fight in Congress, fight in the courts, fight. In- in the streets, fight online, fight at the ballot box. And now there's the momentum to be able to do this. This is a death panel bill because people will die. This is deadly. This is deadly. You can't stand him. I am. He's the most horrible man I've ever seen. I, 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 Your president is a dishonorable, lying man. Ordinary people who simply saw what needed to be done and came together and supported those ideals who have made the difference. They've marched, they've bled. Yes, some of them have died. This is hard. Every good thing is. We have done this before. We can do this again. I don't respect this president. I don't trust this president. He's not working in the best interests of the American people. His motives and his actions are contemptible. And I will fight every day until he is impeached. Impeach 45. Impeach 45. As far as I'm concerned, the Tea Party can go straight to hell. In fact, the only thing your mouth is good for is being Vladimir Putin's holster. Oh, Ivanka's going to be our saving grace. You know, when he's about to nuke Finland or something, she's going to walk into the bedroom and, you know, yeah, daddy, daddy, don't do it, daddy. I mean, he's so blatantly stupid. He's a punk. He's a dog, he's a pig, he's a con, a bullshit artist, a mutt who doesn't know what he's talking about, doesn't do his homework, doesn't care, thinks he's gaming society, doesn't pay his taxes. He's an idiot, Colin Powell said it best. He's a national disaster. He's an embarrassment to this country. It makes me so angry that this country has gotten to this point, that this fool, this bozo, has wound up where he has. He talks how he wants to punch people in the face. Well, I'd like to punch him in the face. And I might just kill ISIS with the same ice pick that I murdered Donald Trump in the same night with. Which enemy are you most proud of? Probably the Republicans. All right, News Roundup and Information Overload, Sean Hannity Show, and we are in Washington, D.C. We'll actually broadcast tonight from where the baseball game will be taking place, the same you know game that was being practiced for yesterday when you had the assassination attempt against these Republican lawmakers and five people now, including House Majority Whip Steve Scalise, still fighting for his life. You know, do you know that more than 12,000 tweets, 12,000, have called for the assassination of Donald Trump, according to a, a search of keywords, assassinated Trump. And uh, it's revealed more than 12,000 posts on Twitter since January. Former Secret Service special agent said, you know, well, one-offs will be likely overlooked. Repeated threats, specific details. That's all going to be looked into. But look at what you just heard here. This vitriol. Anyway, Rick Unger and Jonathan Gillum are always back with us. Welcome back, both of you. Uh, I'm going to let Rick off the hook because he obviously can't answer this, as usual, uh, and defend his ridiculously insane side. So I'll go to you. In terms of all of these people that are making death threats or fantasizing about blowing up the White House, why aren't there Secret Service investigations, especially in light of what happened yesterday? Jonathan? Well, I don't know. know. I mean, Sean, I I was asking that same question while you were given the the details about the 12,000 
different um, threats made against uh, the president on Twitter and social media. I, I don't know if they're overwhelmed with stuff, but and I think potentially what could be is that they have throughout the years started saying to themselves, well, this is probably nothing. This is something. And back in the day, they took everything seriously. I mean, if, if you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I knew Secret Service agents. If they had had a comedian hold up a bloody head of the president, that would have been a very big deal. If, if a, a celebrity had said they wanted to blow up the White House, that would have been a huge deal. But now, um, I think largely in part of social media and just pure uh, laziness because Nothing's really happened to a president, a sitting president, in a long time, uh, really since Reagan. Um, they they just let things go by the wayside. No. All right, I'm going to throw it at you, Rick. And I got to be fair. This isn't you. Well, you haven't been at all fair so far, and I'm a little bit annoyed. Where's the audio of all the progressives yesterday who took a decidedly different point of view? You know what? If there's one person or 12,000 people who threaten to want to assassinate a president, they're all out of their minds and terrible. But, you know, you seem to forget about the 700. I'm really supposed to now all of all of a sudden I'm supposed to say and 55,000 people who circulated the let's lynch Obama picture. Where was the outrage then? I think well, I can, I can tell you that on this pro- on this outrage. program, and Linda, who is one of your BFFs in life, will confirm this. Linda, how many times when Obama was president did I say it is imperative that we protect our president? Imperative he has the best security. Imperative. That's, that's a great thing. That's a great thing. But let's Linda? point out here. Let's point out here in the interest of of doing something that when liberals get extreme. It's terrible. When conservatives get extreme, it's terrible to blame an entire population of people because a lunatic yesterday did an unbelievably horrible thing. It's outrageous. Is there, a, is there a connection? Listen, I don't care. Something. As bad as I would argue a few people got and a few people were out there in their rhetoric and, and vitriol against President Obama. Uh, I was a critic, but it was all on the merits. He earned every criticism, frankly, uh, that I gave him. Lynching picture? No, I said that Uh, I gave him. Hello? I mean, that's insane, sick, twisted, ugly, evil stuff. Where's Linda? Where did she look? Yes, yes, boss. I was I was allowing you to fight the good fight. I didn't want to. Okay, but my point is, how many times did I say that on this program? No, listen, we've always been very clear about the fact that regardless of how you feel about a certain president, it is the president of the United States. He has a right to be protected. We want our president to be safe and that people shouldn't make. No, I said it's imperative. But we've never experienced, Rick, any type of level of intensity and frequency of lies and black helicopter theories and innuendo and outright calling for violence and holding up like ISIS ahead of a, a, a severed head of a president for crime and having a Shakespeare play and we're killing off a president. Your yeah, side you is doing what, that. Listen, you know, you that's your what? that's Wait, your I, side. I got to stop. These are mainstream Hollywood buddies on, of John, yours. Let me, let me get a word in here because it's just wrong. We've never experienced a Shakespeare play like that. Where were you in 2012 when the Guthrie Theater yeah. did that? I, I read it and Obama. nobody in America heard about it. And if I would have heard about oh, it, so I would have been outraged. Okay. That no, okay. Where no, were you in absolutely not. 
You have never seen a level. You, you know what? You're obfuscating. Jonathan, this is what the liberals no, do. I'm really Here you not. have every prominent Hollywood left wing liberal and congresswoman and the top people at the top levels of government doing this to President Trump. And it didn't happen to Obama. You, you know, Sean, yeah, I got it. Let's not switch off the point I, I love because you raise a critical they, point. Wait, hold on this a second. outrage hold on. about this play. Rick, hold on a second. Let me let me say something here. I love you to death, man. I think you're a, an awesome guy. But I would, if I was you, distance yourself from this because this does not make you look smarter. Because the fact is, when you're looking at something from a threat assessment perspective, you have to look at the details of the rhetoric and the language that's being spread. Yes, this is one guy yesterday, but it was also one person that shot up Dallas for Black Lives Matter. One person that shot up Louisiana for Black Lives Matter. These people are Marxists. You are not. So you need to distance yourself from this because the Democratic Party has been infiltrated many, many years ago, and these people are now in power. You are not one of these, and the liberals need to wake up and realize this. You have one no. or 1,000 people that no. say go. What we kill. all have to wake up and realize is there are extremists on both sides, and they are all to be condemned. And we but do our country no service There's when we no, try you're to You're trying to create a moral other. equivalency that does not exist. This Why is an atmosphere because because you're trying to compare an atmosphere. While at times was bad, um, I will concede, but it doesn't even be. It was kindergarten compared to you know doctorate school. Uh, in terms, you know, it, it is child's play compared to the the level, the frequency, the intensity. And by the way, not on the fringes. This is the mainstream of your party doing this. This is congressmen, and this is senators, and these are the biggest Hollywood stars, and these are the biggest money financial backbone of your party. You are the biggest broadcaster in conservative media. You're bigger than a Hollywood star when it comes to politics. You are so full of crap. You you are so full of crap. It's like ridiculous. Well, I saw your ratings this week. I distinctly remember. That's every week. I don't know why it's a big deal. We got to take a break. We'll come back. More of our News Roundup information overload. Rick Unger and Jonathan Gillum. All right, as we continue with uh, Jonathan Gillum and Rick Unger, who's annoying the living daylights out of me, and that is the incendiary, vicious, hate-filled rhetoric that we've been getting from the left on an almost daily basis. And because yes, I'm such an incendiary, hateful guy. No, but I mean, in all fairness to you, I thought the admonition from Jonathan was right. I'd, I'd run from all these people. The difference here is but you're I'm talking about the top level you're Democrats. About. You're talking about the biggest donors to your party. You're talking about the upper echelon, not not fringe people. And by the way, you know, look at the conspiracy theories on NBC News every day. You know, I, I, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. This is an effort designed to take down a duly elected president or at a minimum stop him from serving the American people. It's beyond disgraceful at this point. Now it's led, you know, I would argue that there is a contribution. And, you know, people hear this crap every day. And if they're half off their the, off their their rocker to begin with, look what happens. Uh, yeah. I, you know what? I mean, I am not going to sit here and say it's a conspiracy because there's an investigation going on. I'm also not going to say that investigation is going to turn up a damn thing because I have no idea. When, the, when it's done, I'll listen to what their evidence is. But everybody, I mean, my whole point today is I'm really tired of people on both sides waging this war that accomplishes nothing for our country. It's okay, I agree with that, but I are... can't go along with the moral equivalence that you're creating here, Rick. It is 
not it is a moral equivalence because both sides are doing it you know i could stay on with you for the next three hours and give you examples from both sides doing equally heinous do you things, agree with that jonathan that. or is there a distinct no. difference in tone tenor frequency here with the left it's, it's this simple rick concentrate on this it's the difference between ideology and frustration the right is frustrated the left has an ideology and i'm talking about the the leftist which you are not liberals need to realize this there's an agenda on the left. On the right, people are frustrated. And when you hear threats or things come from, excuse me, from the right, when you hear things come from the right, threats and things like that, it's because they're frustrated with people trying to change the Constitution and the structure of life in this country. The left has the ideology to change that. And that's the difference between their threats. They mean it. The right doesn't want it. But they're tired of this aggressive movement of the communist ideology coming out of the left. I mean, first of all, the left does not want to change the Constitution, number you one. You don't, but number, you're not the left. Two, do you actually think that only the left has an agenda, that those who think differently don't have their own agenda? That's the whole point. That's what America is. You have competing agendas, and you compete. You try and sell the fact that what you think is best for the country is the right way to go. That's been the case since the day we were created. That's a healthy thing. That's not a bad thing, but you can't just say that one side has an agenda. The way things work, the way you change a light bulb and you have different decisions about that, that's healthy. But when somebody comes in and says that we want to tear the entire house down in order to change the light bulb, that's what the left is doing. The, the American people don't want that, and the Constitution's wow. not set up that way. And I would I think that I, I think that's the probably. truest thing that we've we've heard. And and Rick, I'm going to be clear: I'm not including Rick Unger in this. He's just not there. He's not one of these people. And I know it's painful for him to watch his side implode like this and tear the country apart like this. So I do have some sympathy for him. And it's not him. It's just he's not that type of person. Uh, all right, we got to end it here. Eight hundred nine four one Sean. If you want to be a part of the program, all right, your call's coming up next. News Roundup Information Overload, the other news of the day, Hannity, 10 o'clock, and we will be at the ball game where you have the Democrats playing the Republicans tonight in light of the vicious, you know, assassination attempt against the Republicans of practice yesterday. All right, first, I want to go to the insanity, the vitriol of the left that I'm arguing is so unprecedented, so dangerous, so over the top, you've never heard or seen anything like it, most of it directed directly at the president of the United States and, of course, anybody that happens to not be a liberal. Listen to this. It's a, it is a weird tension. I think it's a dangerous time for the First Amendment and for the free press in this country. And at the same time, we're oddly influential with a guy who wants to kill us. And to our detractors that insist that this march will never add up to anything, f- you. F- you. But this is the hallmark of revolution. Yes, I'm angry. Yes, I am outraged. Yes, I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. You know, I had a dream the other night about that I was playing golf with Donald Trump and I was standing beside him with a club in my hand and I was, you know, considering my options. When I suddenly woke up, you know, it was one of those dreams when you want to just get back to sleep so you can finish it. 
you know? That was pretty good. I might have to put Mr. Burgess on Fox News. I'll put uh, I'll put I'll put Mr. Burgess up against uh, Sean Hannity. He'll tear him up. I need you to go out and talk to your friends and talk to your neighbors. I want you to talk to them whether they're independent or whether they are Republican. I want you to argue with them and get in their faces. Press always asks me, "Don't I wish I were debating him?" No, I wish you were in high school. I could take him behind the gym. That's what I wish. What we've got to do is fight in Congress, fight in the courts, fight in the streets, fight online, fight at the ballot box. And now there's the momentum to be able to do this. This is a death panel bill because people will die. This is deadly. This is deadly. I can't stand it. I am. He's the most horrible man I've ever seen. I, 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 Your president is a dishonorable, lying man. Ordinary people who simply saw what needed to be done and came together and supported those ideals who have made the difference. They've marched. They've bled. Yes, some of them have died. This is hard. Every good thing is. We have done this before. We can do this again. I don't respect this president. I don't trust this president. He's not working in the best interest of the American people. His motives and his actions are contemptible. And I will fight every day until he is impeached. Impeach 45. Impeach 45. As far as I'm concerned, the Tea Party can go straight to hell. In fact, the only thing your mouth is good for is being Vladimir Putin's holster. Oh, Ivanka's going to be our saving grace. You know, when he's about to nuke Finland or something, she's going to walk into the bedroom and, you know, yeah, daddy, daddy, don't do it, daddy. Yeah. I mean, he's so blatantly stupid. He's a punk. He's a dog, he's a pig, he's a con, a bullshit artist, a mutt who doesn't know what he's talking about, doesn't do his homework, doesn't care, thinks he's gaming society, doesn't pay his taxes. He's an idiot, Colin Powell said it best. He's a national disaster. He's an embarrassment to this country. It makes me so angry that this country has gotten to this point, that this fool, this bozo, has wound up where he has. He talks how he wants to punch people in the face. Well, I'd like to punch him in the face. And I might just kill ISIS with the same ice pick that I murdered Donald Trump in the same night with. Which enemy are you most proud of? Probably the Republicans. <laughs> all right, now let's let, let's hear what, for example, all these, you know, leftist commentators have to say. You know, Joe and Mika acting all sanctimonious this week after they called the president of the United States a schmuck last week. Listen to this. There are no real men in the inner circle of the White House. None at all. He's too stupid to help himself. I think he's such a narcissist. It is possible that he's mentally ill in a way. And this is on the table. I said it months ago, and now everybody's starting to say it like it's new and it's okay to say. He's not well. At the very least, he's not well, and he's so narcissistic, he does not believe the rules apply to him. And that's where the ignorance label may apply. You said it's like... What did I say? It's like... Like, oh, 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 like a yes, kid pooping yes. their pants and then saying, I meant to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, I, it, it's it would be like somebody pooping their pants and then people looking at it and saying, oh, that's modern art. Right. He looked like a thug. He looked like a goon. It, it just what an embarrassment to the United Optics States. Optics matter. 
Kellyanne Conway, Sarah Huckabee, Sean Spicer, Mike Pence, now all in the same category, in the Kellyanne category. Not credible, proved as a liar, made a fool. Also, note to CNN, sorry, I love CNN, but you got to stop putting Kellyanne on the air. It's politics porn. I don't even want to mention their names, but I will say some of the most dangerous autocrats of the 19th or the 20th century, their two goals were to first undermine an independent judiciary and second to undermine a free press. This crosses a bright, bright line. It sounds a lot like Nazi Germany. Why don't you just put a patch right on their shoulder? Why has the establishment chosen the guy that is that is Barry Goldwater's ugly stepson. There's this slipperiness to him that nobody will just say. What? He's slippery, he doesn't tell the truth, and he doesn't make sense. Now, by the way, did, did this have anything to do what, with what happened yesterday? Well, let's go back to Mo Brooks, who got so emotional, was there yesterday. I've known this guy for 27 years since my radio days in, in Huntsville, Alabama. Good, honorable, decent person. He was there. He saw this. Listen to him. Uh, but I was uh, on deck, uh, about to hit batting practice on the third base side of home plate, and I hear a loud bam. And I look around, and behind third base in the third base dugout, which is cinder block, I see a rifle. Um, and I see uh, a little bit of a body, and then I hear another blam, and I realize that there's an active shooter. Uh, at the same time, I hear Steve Scalise over near uh, second base uh, scream. Uh, he was shot. He's our majority whip. Um, the gun was a semi-automatic. It continues to fire at uh, different people. You can imagine all the people in the field scatter. Um, I run around to the first base side of home plate, and we have a batting cage that's got plastic wrapped around it to stop foul balls and hide behind the plastic. You know, that plastic's not real good. And I was lying on the ground with two or three others as the gunfire continues. I heard a break in the gunfire and decided to take a chance. Ran from home plate to the first base dugout, which is also center block, and down about two or three feet so you can have better cover. Um, there were a number of congressmen and congressional staffers who help us uh, lying on the ground. Uh, one of them uh, was wounded uh, in the leg, took off my belt, and uh, myself and another congressman, I don't remember who, uh, applied a tourniquet to try to uh, slow down the bleeding. Uh, in the meantime, I'm towards the right field side of the uh, dugout, and there's gunfire within about five or six, seven feet of my head. And I look up, and there's a guy with a gun blasting away. Fortunately, it was one of the good guys. You said that the whip, um, Congressman Scalise, uh, left. Did he? Was he able to move under his own power? Do you know where he was hit? No, Do you know the extent of his injuries? he was not able to move under his own power. He was dragging his body from the second base infield, where it's dirt, to the outfield to get away from uh, the shooter while all this firing was going on. And so here, you know, we're seeing our colleague as we're under fire. He's lying on the ground. But there's not a whole lot you can do to show the situation is under control. And Congress- so that was, of course, emotionally uh, distressing to know the position he was in. But he was shot in the hip. I think it was not a life-threatening wound, but I am not um, a physician. I don't know how deep into uh, the hip area the bullet went. There was no exit wound that I could see. Um, and, again, when I got out to Steve, uh, as Brad Winstrip was helping to cut off the pants, I was 
applying uh, pressure with a cloth to the wound to try to help stop the bleeding. But there was a blood trail about 10 to 15 yards long from where he was shot to where he crawled into right field. And again, that was after he had tried to help Steve Scalise. You know, you got to put that in its context. All right, 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Uh, all right, let's go to Shauna is in Lafayette, California, next on the Sean Hannity Show. How are you? Hi, Sean. It's an honor to talk to you. Um, I just thought you'd get a kick out of this. I just walked into Quick Stop. I was looking to buy a paper. Every single paper, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, has yesterday's shooting in huge letters except for the San Francisco Chronicle. It's a little teeny article at the bottom left of the front page. I'm so pissed off. When we're done, I'm going to call the editor. I doubt I'm going to get through, but I'm going to leave her a nasty message. I'm like appalled. I couldn't believe it. Oh, I can believe it. Oh, I can believe it. And let me tell you, I got to tell you something. This is why, you know, they don't want to hear this on the left. You know, you, you think about, I mean, I'll give you, Joe Scarborough, as I mentioned earlier, is so under my skin. He's, and we all need to get along today. Really, Joe? Really, Mika? Really? You called the president of the United States a schmuck last week, and I called you out for it. Now you're going to sit there, you know, and the lying, and even talked about conspiracy theories. Like Chuck Todd said, wow, I can't believe Newt Gingrich really believes something this conspiratorial about the, the fourth branch of government, meaning the deep state. And I'm saying, are you an idiot? I mean, you work for Black Helicopter TV. Your, your news network is the leading conspiratorial advancing news organization in the country. What are you talking about? He's, and I wrote, you know, Tim Russert, because he's not. And it's just, it is so hypocritical, so bizarre, that uh, I, I cannot, for the life of me, understand how they don't even begin to fathom the extent of the things we're talking about here. No clue, anyway, but I'm going to jack them up. All right, uh, Shauna, thank you so much. Uh, Michelle Carey, North Carolina, next on the Sean Hannity Show. How are you, Michelle? Glad you called. Hey, Sean. Thanks so much for taking my call. Thank Listen, you. yesterday, when every, all the horrible stuff was going down, you were talking about the fact that this has not happened in a vacuum, and it's absolutely true, and I thought to myself, it also doesn't happen overnight. I feel like this lawlessness and immorality and just this extreme hatred has been happening for decades, and I think part of the thing that's so frightening, and it's almost haunting, is that, you know, it's like the, the process of evil is once you can think it, and then you can hear about it, and then you can watch it, and then you can speak about it, then it's doable. And I feel like we're always at the brink of the doable. I mean, you've got people acting out the murder of the President of the United States nightly. That's only making it doable. And I feel like the media has got to be stopped. The people on the left, the intolerant left that are just promoting violence and hatred, and um, it's just I, I see this progression as just we're on the cliff, I feel like. I, I, look, I got to tell you something, and, and this goes to the heart of, you know, even yesterday in the shooting and all of what's going on in the assassination attempt, and then we got to now shift our attention yet again to a news organization with no sources, none, zero, zip, nada, nothing. Right. And that, that, that's, that their old conspiracy theory died on a vine. And they don't know what to do. So they make up a new one out of thin air. 
with no evidence, no sourcing. And they've been so wrong so frequently, so often. that And, and that's what the news media then wants to talk about yesterday and last night. They don't want to talk about what happened where we were in Alexandria, Virginia. No, we can't do that. We, we can't talk there. I'm sitting there. I'm like, wow. How many times does the big late afternoon news drop happen to only turn out to be false that that MSNBC and CNN run with? When do they get called out on the carpet for being so wrong so often, 11 months of a conspiracy theory that never existed? And night after night and day after day and hour after hour, thousands of hours of coverage, you know, however many thousands of barrels of ink, however many, however many, you know, online written comments and and commentary have have been offered. And it's all towards one goal, delegitimizing a duly elected president, preventing him from doing his job, undermining him every step of the way, preventing the American people from getting the help they voted for. I've never seen anything like this with zero accountability. It is beyond anything we'll ever live through. And I'm telling you, it's so severe that this country's future is at stake if we don't get this right. 800-941-SEAN. Toll free. Telephone number. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Now, where the assassination attempt on Republicans took place yesterday, well, that was all in preparation for this baseball game tonight. It's going to be where the Nationals play. We'll be doing Hannity from there. Some of it we have to tape. Most of it will be live, though, but that's coming up 10 Eastern. News you won't get from the rest of the media. We'll also have the latest on the, the deep state. They got caught. They couldn't get collusion. They couldn't get obstructions. Tonight at 10, Hannity, thanks for being with us back in New York tomorrow. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man, he's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie, and uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. (laughs) I said, what? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.